And we're back with another episode of The Simpsons Did It. They just keep doing it, don't they? Uh, they, They're never going to stop. They are never going to stop. I'm your host, Stephen Sklansky. And I am your co-host, Robert Sklansky. Awesome. We made it to episode three. Woo! I can't, episode I can't, three. How many podcasts make it to episode three? I feel like a lot of podcasts. Probably a lot. It's it's it's. I think it's the double digit mark that probably a good yeah. indicator. Yeah, you get kind of lazy and you're like, eh, I don't yeah. want to record anymore. Or we're going on hiatus. We're gonna we're gonna take Fourth uh, <laughs> of July off for three months and then come back. <laughs> no. So we're on episode three. Um, hopefully, you guys have had a chance to listen to episode one and two. Um, but I'll let you guys know um, about uh, how we run the episode here. So we're going to let you know the name of the episode, when it aired, give you a little quick recap, uh, chalkboard and couch gags. And then we're going to go chronologically through the episode to let you know what we like, didn't like, quotes, fun facts. And then we close it out with a rating for the episode. And finally, a character profile. So this week we delve into season one, episode three, Homer's Odyssey, um, which aired uh, January 21st, 1990. So one week after episode two, there was no break this time. No no breaks, so which, is, <laughs> which is good. We got a little flow going. Um, so the recap of this episode, after getting fired from his job at the power plant, Homer becomes the voice of safety in Springfield. Eventually, that brings him to go ahead, uh, to go head to head with the power plant he once worked at. So, this is just such an odd episode. Now that I, now that you know that the Christmas episode was not supposed to be the first episode, yeah, it does make it a little bit harder to swallow. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, the couch gag for the episode. I'm sorry, the chalkboard Chalkboard. gag. Um, I will not skateboard in the halls, which as soon as he's done writing the last sentence. Skateboards in the halls. He skateboards through the halls. Um, By the way, quick note on the chalkboard gag. I I just remembered in later episodes, and maybe it was in these last two, the reason he leaves the room is because the bell goes off. Yeah, the bell rings. Okay. I'm not. Okay. So it did happen. Which was that meant for him? Because I feel like you stayed after school to write on the chalkboard not during school to write on the chalkboard well maybe there's like a final final bell for like kids in detention yeah the detention bell yeah i think that actually might be a thing but i'm not 100 sure i've only spent one i've only ever been in detention once in my life which was absolute crap but that's a story for a different day but i don't remember there being a bell i just remember well granted i served it in the morning before school started so I mean, I don't know any any kids out there that uh, or any people out there who spent time in detention. Is there a detention bell? Yes. Any Bart Simpsons out there? Let us know <laughs> if there's a detention bell. All right. So the couch gag. Um, but actually, before we get to the couch gag, I just wanted to point out that as a father, I noticed that Maggie drives in the front seat of the car. That's yes. Instead of rear facing in the back of the car. Don't forget, again, this is 1990. I'm pretty sure... Now, granted, even in 1990, I'm pretty sure the safety standards were kids in the back, not front. But I don't think the rear-facing 
safety no. standard. I don't know how old that is. I, I'm not a parent myself, so I, I don't really know. But I mean, I feel like once we hit like the age of like five or six, our parents allowed us to drive up front every once in a while. If yeah, but Maggie's well, a baby; she barely walks. <laughs> I mean, she's got to be younger than one years old. No, 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 no. She walks because remember in the Christmas episode, Marge's letter says Maggie's walking on her own. She keeps falling down, but she's walking on her own. Okay, so maybe she's one and a half. She still should be in the back seat. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. <laughs> she can have a steering wheel and honk the horn, but she should be in the back. Okay. I feel like they did it solely because of a character introduction and not necessarily ignoring safety rules. <laughs> I, I don't think they're like, oh man, if she's not in front, you're not going to see her. So what's the point? I think it's just more uh, character introduction than anything. What would have been funnier though, after we're done talking about this episode, it kind of goes full circle. After Homer becomes a safety inspector, that's when Maggie should have moved to the back seat. Ah, yeah. Because now he's now he knows about safety. Okay. Anyway, so now we're getting to the couch gag. The couch collapses after the Simpsons sit on it. It's kind of like the couch wasn't big enough for all five of them <laughs> at that point, and then it Maybe. just fell apart. I feel like though there's been other couch gags where the the couch like falls apart somehow. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll check into that. Yeah. We'll see how, okay, we'll keep a tally. How many times the couch falls apart when the Simpsons sit on it? Yeah. All right. So, next up. So, we got, uh, so we got the Simpsons. School trip. School trip, starting off. First, they went to the prison. That didn't go well. Bart claims that he didn't open that, unlock that door. Yeah. I really don't know why kids (laughs) would be going to a prison for a field trip. Uh, maybe to see how the justice system works. I mean, in elementary school seems a little, a little young to me, but, uh, also to note, um, if you look at the left side of the screen, you'll notice for the first time, the Elbarto tag graffiti at the school in the front of the school. It says Elbarto. Yep. Yep. That's great. And then, and then later in the episode, we'll learn where, uh, what Elbarto looks like. Yes. Yes. Um, so we got, uh, so they got, you know, to go off to um, the Springfield uh, nuclear power plant. Yep. Um, but before they hop on the bus, Bart, uh, Bart also talks to Otto and asks Otto if he got any new tattoos. And he shows them and Bart's like, oh, cool, man. I can't wait to get one. He's like, you got to be 14. So yep. according to Otto, the Springfield's age of cons- consent for tattoos is 14. And I learned feel in the first episode, he's not. <laughs> it's got to be twenty-one. So or maybe it is fourteen. He only okay. So the tattoo artist only asked Bart how old he was. Correct. He never said you had to be twenty-one. So and here's the other thing with tattoos. I believe, at least in the state of Wisconsin, it might be different in Minnesota. The uh, I think you can get a tattoo at the age of sixteen with parental consent. Up until 21, and I think once you hit 21, you don't need consent. I'm not 100% sure. I have plenty of friends with tattoos. I'm pretty sure up until the age of 21, you need consent, at least here in Wisconsin. Um, if I'm wrong, let me know uh, after we post, you know, once we've posted the episode. But uh, I, I, I feel like that's it. I'm not going to look it up. It just doesn't really <laughs> something that something to me that I personally don't really care because I don't have any tattoos. If I did, I'd probably know the real answer. So uh, yeah, educate me, correct me if I'm wrong. 
I'm all for well, it. According to this, no tattooing, branding, or body piercing of minors under the age of 14. Yeah. So it seems like... Once you hit 14, 15... Yeah, yeah, once you hit 14, 14, you could get a tattoo. So maybe that's what Otto was referring to, is not until you're 14, but he still needs an adult's consent, because I think yes. you still need consent to get a tattoo if you're under the under until a certain age. Until you're 21. Okay, so it is 21. Well, actually, no, no, no. Minors age 14 to 18 need written consent. Oh. So well, I, well, Bart, well, Bart would just, you know, forge yeah. a signature from Homer and go and get one anyways. But as we learned in the in Birth of Genius, uh, Homer <laughs> writes like a child. So exactly. It, you never know. It could be, you know, Bart could lie to Homer saying he needs something signed. It's really for a tattoo, and Homer will sign it. It'll look like a kid anyways. Exactly. So... All right, so he uh, gets on the bus, and he's, you know, being very rowdy, like usual, yep. but not really. I think the Sherry and Terry and Wendell are kind of egging him on to... Well, Wendell doesn't Wendell doesn't say anything. Wendell just doesn't want to be touched, so he doesn't throw up, because, yes. as I mentioned, he throws up on every school trip. So Which I think it was crazy. more Sherry and Terry. Maybe and, he should and... bus. Yeah, probably not. And I and I see you asked a, a question about why does the school bus have a microphone? Yes. So, so here's the thing. To answer that question, a lot of school buses, the school bus drivers have, you know, like a, like a radio microphone that like, so you could hear in the back of the bus. So I think that was the whole point of having the microphone so the kids can hear in the back of the bus. I, I'm assuming it's easier to draw a microphone than it is, oh, maybe it would be easier to draw a square but maybe they just went with a microphone. I have been on at least like the nicer variety of buses that have a microphone. Yeah, but those are like coach buses. Yeah, well, maybe this is an old coach bus they refurbished to be a school bus. I don't know. I feel like Otto would drive the most beaten down school bus <laughs> Springfield has to offer. Why? Because they don't trust him to drive? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we're getting, we are jumping up slightly ahead. Um, I guess where we put this in the title of the oh, episode yeah. is Homer's Odyssey. Um, it's based off of Homer's, the poet, the Odyssey. Correct. It's kind of funny. Cause this didn't ha necessarily have an, the Iliad Odyssey. Yeah. Feel to it. But Homer does go on a journey of discovery. Correct. Um, so like you wrote, Alberto is on the school. Yeah. Um, Auto Man's first appearance, but also once we get to the uh, nuclear power plant and they're on their field trip, yeah. we get the first appearance of Smile and Joe Fusion. Yep, Fission, not Fusion. Fission. Sorry. And also, there's there's a, there's a lot of first appearances in this episode. This is also the first appearance of uh, Sherry and Terry yep. as well as they egg Bart on the school bus. And so I I, I have a question. So. Mrs. Krabappel told Bart to settle down or else she'd make him sing. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of Bart settling down? Because as you see, Sherry and Terry antagonize him enough where Mrs. Krabappel's like, all right, you're going to sing. I, I think it's meant to humiliate him. But as you see, he's enjoying himself and he's being yeah. rambunctious. So what's the point of making him sing? I don't know. And also the, the song he does sing is called John Henry Was a Steel Driving Man. Well, Mrs. Carapple picked that song, not him. Correct. But he enjoyed singing it. Yep. Oh, yeah. So uh, it feels like the the punishment 
did not fit the crime. And, and from my experience, well, not necessarily from my experience, but from watching like other TV shows and maybe in real life, if you're a bad behaved kid on a bus, the teacher makes you sit next to them. Yeah, up in the front of the bus. So I think they missed the mark on that. Yeah. All right. So they get to the nuclear uh, power plant um, and they're on the tour. And the first thing we notice is a African-American Smithers. So why is Mr. Smithers brown? So Mr. Smithers is brown because it was a mistake. He was never supposed to be meant as an African-American. Uh, the animators, uh, the, the people who colored uh Mr. Smithers just got it wrong. Uh, they didn't want to portray an African-American as subservient to a white rich guy for clear and obvious reasons. I think that was a smart move. Um, and in a later episode, we learned that uh, they write it off as Smithers just got really tan. Um, <laughs> he which, went on vacation. He went on vacation. But I, they definitely made the right choice of not having... And, and, and also, I mean, all the characters are yellow. So it'd be... I mean, you did get Apu, who is, you know, Indian, and, and his wife and his kids. And there's, I think there's a couple other people on the show who are African-American. But I think for the most part, they made the right decision. Well, even the Asian uh, cast characters are yellow. Yeah. Well, so it's okay, like... that kind of makes sense. So, <laughs> but like, I, I, they definitely made the right choice of correcting it for later episodes and, you know, writing it off in another episode saying you got a tan. Also, Mr. Smithers' uh, first appearance, but you did hear him in these uh, Christmas episodes saying there wouldn't be a Christmas bonus. No, that was that was he was an announcement from our uh, friend and mentor or something, Mr. Oh, Bruce, oh, you're right. But but Mr. Smithers did deliver the message. So, no, Mr. Burns delivered the message. That's. Rewatch the episode. I'm right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay. So next <laughs> up in the nuclear safety video, uh, the nuclear waste, uh, Mr. Joe fusion, smiling Joe fishing sweeps the nuclear waste under the rug. And yeah. then one, one creeps out and runs away. So obviously, uh, <laughs> hidden nuclear waste does not stay hidden for millions of yeah. years. Like previously mentioned, it does. Cause stay. as, cause as we see, as the kids are walking through the power plant after the video presentation, we get our first, appearance of probably one of my favorite side characters that doesn't really do anything is blinky the three-eyed fish yes just Great. floating around in the ocean in the in the pond outside because yep. because smithers says that the the water the unharmed water <laughs> the water from the plant gets put transferred right back, back to the water transfer, the... in the water yeah <laughs> and everyone drinks i'm surprised more people in town don't have extra arms and eyes well, I think there's, I think in an episode they do talk about how the town has their own water reserve that is not part of the stream, but I could be wrong. Yeah. That, that'll be a pin. Put a pin yeah. in that one. So it's kind of funny. So you mentioned that Sherry and Terry's dad is Homer's boss, which, yep. which he is, but obviously that only lasts one episode because yes. then he becomes the safety inspector. And I learned this the other day that. I think it was Carl. Carl is technically Homer's supervisor. Yes. Which is kind of funny because you never really see Lenny or Carl doing actual work. But I guess as a supervisor, you don't have to do work. You, no. you know, 
Homer does the work. Yeah. And Homer doesn't really do the work either. So who keeps the plant safe is the real question. <laughs> the other the the other employees who aren't as incompetent. Well, what's really fun? Okay, so Sharing Terry's dad is is Homer's boss, but according to his job description in this episode, he's the technical supervisor. How did he get that job? I, like I, he didn't I, go to college. Nope. He. How do you become a technical super? Because when the flashback episode when he joins the plant. Yeah. I don't, I mean, obviously that was when he was younger, so maybe he got promoted to that position, but how does someone of Homer Simpson's, Homer Simpson's caliber get to be a technical supervisor? And who is he supervising? <laughs> Although he does have his own cart, he drives around yeah. with a clipboard, but it sounds like he does a lot of stupid things at the plant, like he's their buffoon, like Smithers calls yeah. him the, the buffoon. So how did he get promoted to become a supervisor? I probably maybe he actually worked hard. I mean, obviously in later episodes it's shown that, and even in this episode, because uh, after he gets in the cart, because he's going to look for Bart's group, you know, he crashes it after Bart, you know, distracts him a little bit, and you know, maybe he worked hard up until they got the kids, and then maybe he uh, yeah, just he could have been a hard worker, and then the kids turned him into what he was. Yeah. So, and as I just mentioned, Homer gets, Homer crashes his cart and gets fired and, uh, he ends up going to Moe's, which, you know, it's Moe's. He's, he's drowning sorrows. And as we mentioned in episode one, Moe's apron is pink. It is also still pink here. Perfect. And as you mentioned, for the first time, Bart and Lisa make the pink phone call to Moe's. Yep. And so to recreate it, (laughs) Moe's Cavern. Yeah, we're looking for IP freely. <laughs> Hold on, let me check. IP I... freely. Is there a IP freely here? Come <laughs> on, IP. <laughs> uh, one that, of the and... one of the most classic gags I think The Simpsons has ever pulled off. It's a shame. It's it's a shame that they that Mo never figured. Or actually, I could be well, wrong. Well, one episode Bart tells him that it that he was at seven forty two Evergreen Terrace because Jimbo Joan was was yeah macking but on his I, girl. But I feel like I feel like there was an episode where like Mo was like, oh, if it was Bart pranking me all these years, I wouldn't care. Yeah, like yeah. Like that. There is one. I don't remember which it is. So we'll 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 have to <laughs> put a pin in that one and come back yeah. to it. But yes. I, but after they hang up, uh, Homer's like, are you ever going to catch that guy? He's like, nah, he keeps changing his name. And I'm like, keeps changing his name. He never said his name. <laughs> well, I think, I think the joke there is that Mo doesn't understand the, the concept of the prank phone call. Cause no, he the knows fact- that he's looking for someone in the bar. The IP freely isn't the guy on the phone. Yeah. He's the guy he's he, the, the caller is looking for. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe know. it was just a script. Maybe it was just a bad script. Because you're right, God he never mentioned script writers. <laughs> uh, and another thing I noticed, and I'm pretty sure it's like the first two seasons, the doors leading out of Moe's are like those Western style swinging doors. That's so weird. <laughs> but like okay. I remember, I remember like later. It was either later first season or early second season. He had those doors. But then on the outside, he had his normal push door. So you go in through the push door, and then you go into swinging doors. 
So maybe there's like a like a lobby or something. <laughs> Most uh, tavern has a lobby. But like, but then, but then later seasons, you know, they come through the push door. Yeah. So we'll I wonder if, out for that one. Yeah, it's, it's so it's it's crazy. All right, and mentioned before in our previous episode about uh, Homer sleeping on the left and right, yeah. and Homer's trying to find a job. Um, Homer's on the Homer's on the right, Marge is on the left. Yep. So we'll have to see when they when they make that switch. Um, so now Homer's downstairs watching, you know, a Duff commercial. Yep. He's like, "Oh, I could use a beer," and he goes to the fridge like, "Beer." Now there's a temporary <laughs> solution. Which seems to be Homer's go-to for any time that he's feeling down in the dumps or happy yeah. as can well, be. The, or... Well, and as and as we'll see later in like God, it must have been like season seven or eight where they where they do the prohibition episode. They end it with the the famous line from Homer: "Alcohol, the cause of and solution, and solution to all of life's problems." So clearly, Homer's got this thing where beer is going to solve all of his problems, either well, temporarily this... or permanently. But well, this one was per- this. Well, this one was solving it permanently because then he wrote a suicide note. That is correct. And which so... is, it's, you know, it's very man for a show like The Simpsons to do something so early on as suicide note. Like, <laughs> man, that is dark. That, Maybe they thought they were going to make it to like episode five or something. Hey, you know what? We got to try to kill off Homer here. He's just not working out. <laughs> But uh, as we see, he uh, he writes his he writes a suicide note, goes to a bridge. And there's another boulder on the bridge, um, so clearly somebody else tried and didn't work. And then the the family catches up to him. They don't want him to you know do it. And a car car drives by. Homer saves his family. And he goes, you know, somebody should really put a stop sign here. Which which leads us into Homer becoming the voice of safety of Springfield. He goes to the courthouse or the, the city hall. Was it the city hall or the courthouse? It was city hall. But here's the okay. thing. So on the bridge, did you notice on the bridge when he saved his family, he was still, he still had the, the rock tied to him. Yes. But yet it was really heavy to carry it to the bridge. <laughs> yeah. That really, I, I didn't notice that. That was really odd. He must've um, had a feat of strength to save oh, his family. Oh man. Uh, but uh, so they go to the courthouse or the courthouse, the city, city hall. hall. And you see Alberto graffitied again. And as they're sitting in City Hall, they, they, they uh, Chief Wiggum makes his first appearance, saying, "This is what Alberto look like looks like," and it's like a grown up version of Bart. Bart, yeah, and like Homer's like, "Oh, I don't want to run into this guy this on guy. the street." <laughs> so, um, uh, so Homer Homer proposes a stop sign, and at, after giving a speech, he's like, "Okay, well, just just tell me." And he's like, "Approved," and yeah. so. <laughs> I did write down a few of Homer's other safety signs. There's the dip. Yep. There's please drive friendly. <laughs> I, I don't know how you drive friendly, but you know, there's speed bump and yeah. then sign, sign ahead. <laughs> because if you, well, I, you know, honestly, but here's okay, the thing. I, you do see those kind of signs, like the stop sign ahead sign. And yes. I think I've seen yield ahead or, you know, so like, there are signs that warn you about signs coming up, but the fact that it just says sign ahead well, is I like, okay, what we... kind of sign? Okay, so I, I uh, had construction on my road over the last like month, yeah. and there was detours. Yeah. But literally, I swear, in like a matter of like two hours, 14 cars did not, didn't think that, or just assumed, oh, you know what? It says there's going to be a detour, but... Pff, 
I don't believe it, and drove and had a U-turn and go all the way around. There should have been a sign that said, sign ahead, so you read the next sign that said there's a detour. Yeah, well, and also those people are idiots, and uh, they weren't driving friendly. No, they were not driving friendly. <laughs> I really don't know how you drive friendly. And also, uh, so was Jasper in City Hall? Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of first, there was a, uh, an older couple that were introduced to that I guess we see later on. That, yep, they're um, on the, they're, well, no, they were on the porch saying the Simpson guy is going to go commit yeah. suicide or something. Yeah. So um, like, but so then it's, after, it's, yeah, after all of the signs, he was like, okay, now I'm going to go, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not making much of a difference. We're going to go take on uh, the Springfield nuclear power plant where I like that he's the one that's going to be the safety guy because he says he's the one that caused yeah all, all the, the problems, problems at at the power plant um and he still but, does i mean uh, too well now granted i haven't watched like the last five seasons does he still work at the power plant <laughs> uh like, i know i know like there's an there's an episode where they like where he names off like 20 different other jobs he had like like I don't know if that's just a gag that the the writers kind of fell into, or you know yeah, what we'll have you. To, but we'll have to see when he gets his first second job. Because <laughs> right now he right now he hasn't. He's still a nuclear nucle- solely working at the nuclear power plant as a safety so, ins- as a safety inspector. Which okay, so when he is brought up to Mister Burns's office for the first time. Yeah. Now it was either a second mis- secondary Mr. Burns office, which I don't think it was, but that office looked a third of the size of what we know Mr. Burns's offices. I think that has to do more with the animation than like animation limitations than anything else. Because I saw your note and I saw you know I looked back and I'm like you know what it does seem kind of smaller. He doesn't have like the sliding door with all the monitors where he can monitor the employees. I think he did have his stuff bare though, but well, he had, I, yeah, he had the bear. So the bear was there in the, in the corner. So, so I agree that it, it probably was, it probably was smaller, but I think that was more due to the animate, like the animators limitations to make sure they could get everything in there and make it look good. Then, Oh, it's a small office. And then they realize later on, like we should really make his office bigger. I, yeah. I just, I, I think, I, I personally, like, my opinion is they probably were just like, well, he's the head, his office should be big, but then, like, they didn't make it as, and, and clearly, like, the walls in his office in later episodes, I believe, are red, and this one, they're green, so they or clearly, blue, a bluish blue, green blue, color. bluish green, so clearly, and there's, they've definitely done a lot of redesigns over the years, especially well, I think, with, I think that blue color like like the school was that color yeah. the the Burns's office was that color. a lot of stuff is that, that and and bluish. I think part, I I think the other thing too is if you use certain colors it was cheaper to do the animation yeah so that was probably also part of it cuz I'm sure back in 1990 Graining didn't have you know I mean Graining was produced by Fox but I'm I'm thinking they didn't want to spend a ton of money thinking oh this we'll just do a season and be done with it. And yeah, 30 years later, here we are. Yep. All right. And so then we close out the episode. Homer's the brand new safety inspector after, you know, at the beginning of the episode running into a, apparently a giant tube that set off alarms. (laughs) Now nobody died because that is beyond me, but you know. Yep. All right. So closing thoughts on the episode. 
it was good. We learned where Homer, how Homer became the safety inspector. We kind of saw him at his lowest point in, of his life. Yeah. Which was kind of, you know, interesting to see. And basically it's, it's kind of a new chapter in his life, kind of takes off where we're going. We learned Alberto. We, le- I mean, we learned where a lot of things in Springfield kind of come from. Yeah. Um, we learned that police chief Wiggum actually appeared to be a fairly decent police officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he actually did his job. I don't know when he became a lot more, I would say stupid, I guess we'll have to yeah. kind of look at the progressiveness of, uh, uh, Wiggum's character. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, how do you I'm rate gonna, it? I'm gonna go with uh, four. Wow. Um, I'm I'm I was kind of thinking three for a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? I like I like Bart's character. I love where Homer goes. Um, I mean, there were a few plot holes only because only because the plot holes only are there because the Christmas episode was episode yeah. one, and so you're kind of like your mind is kind of wandering back to episode one. Yeah. when you made this you know made the jump to episode three so yeah. I'm, I'm still giving it a solid four for the episode but maybe three for the plot holes uh i think overall i'm gonna give it a three it's it's the writing is decent i i feel like you know the the story progression was good you know i i don't really understand the whole oh bart you're making a noise i'm gonna make you sing a song and be more obnoxious i mean that really didn't really sit well uh i don't know it's not one of my personal favorites i mean we get to see blinky for you know a couple seconds you know smithers you get to see a few of the new characters i just you know it was kind of a weird way to get homer to be the safety inspector of the the nuclear power plant like oh yeah i put a stop sign in i'm just gonna keep going and going and going i feel like I mean, I feel like most people, you get a stop sign up, you're feeling pretty good. You're probably done for the day. I mean, I probably would be. I mean, you feel like you shouldn't piss off your boss. Yeah. And And then then he gets rehired. Now, don't get me wrong. He had some great leverage. Yep. You know, know, he knows the ins and outs of the nuclear power plant. I'm sure inferring Burns doesn't want that crap to get out. Yep. Well, he knows uh, he wasn't the only one, only one to cause problems. Yeah. So like I don't know I, I give it a three it's okay it's not bad it's it's still a good episode to to what I've compared to like over the years but yeah I'll give it a three all right well like always guys let's close out the episode with our character profile and since he was such a incremental part of the episode of giving Homer his job we are gonna give a profile to Mr. Burns so. His occupation. So, we've in the past two episodes, the occupation for the the character has been pretty short and to the point. Yeah. Um, I do love the what they give the occupation for Mister Burns. He's yeah. rich and ancient owner of the Springfield <laughs> Nuclear Power Plant. I, I guess he's, he's ancient. He's like eighty years old and has every disease and doesn't <laughs> isn't going to die. I mean, he almost dies in a few episodes, which we'll get to. Yeah. And, and the Simpsons tend to save his life. Yep. Um, so we'll get to that later. And then finally, he's the most powerful man in Springfield. Well, yeah, because he has all the money. He has all the money. 
Yeah. And apparently he's a Republican, so that makes him yes. more powerful than everyone else. Yes. Um, next, we got accomplishments. He has lived through 12 recessions. <laughs> now, I mean, I can only think of maybe three, so maybe he's like... So we got to well, but here's old. the thing: you're not you're not thinking of the recent recession because that's you know 2008 2009. This came out in 1990. Yeah. How many recessions were there between I would even say <laughs> 1990 and 1910? I'm just gonna say he's 80 years old. How many recessions were there in 80 <laughs> years? Now, granted, Springfield is a fictional place; it doesn't really exist. I mean, maybe spring, maybe Springfield had the recessions like that. That's what I got to go with because he's 80 years old. If you're looking at, I'm actually kind of curious if you want to keep going, I'm going to look this up. Okay. So, um, next, so he's lived, so he's lived through 12 recessions, eight panics. I'm assuming those are like war, uh, pandemics. Oh yeah. Um, stuff like that. So that seems pretty plausible. Uh, five years of, McKinleynomics, <laughs> which, I mean, if it's going off of the president, McKinley, yeah. five years doesn't, well, I mean, unless the next president did it for one year and then got rid of it. That's the only thing I could think of. So according, according, uh, to the internets, there have been 47 recessions in the United States dating back to the Articles of Confederation. Um, as far as I can tell, uh, the average duration of the 11 recessions between 1945 and 2001 is 10 months, compared to 18 months of recessions between 1919 and 1945, and 22 months for recessions from 1854 and 1919. So I guess there is a possibility that he could have lived through 12 recessions. All right. Because if there is 11 between 1945 and 2001, I mean. That makes sense. That puts him in the ballpark. Like, I I would have to say that's probably, probably there. Uh, they actually have dates. There's a, They also include panics as part of the recessions. I mean, so, I mean, not every recession is associated with a yeah. panic. So I think, I think, I think the Simpsons got it right on that one. Six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Well, if you're only counting recessions, but there's also the great depression. I mean, yeah, I'll give him 12. All right. So past disguises, he was wavy gravy, which was that is disguised during the monorail episode. I think so. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to look for it. Yep. And then Jimbo Jones. Yeah. Where <laughs> did he infiltrate like the high school or something trying to figure out like what the young kids like? Yeah. Forget which episode that. Like I remember the episode, but I don't remember the episode. All right. Favorite lunch. A pillow of shredded wheat. Steamed toast. A dodo egg. And I think Smithers had to tell him that the dodo has been extinct. Correct. That That is correct. Secret shame. Physically weaker <laughs> than an infant. And we all know that he couldn't steal a candy from Maggie. From yeah. Um, favorite non-monetary wager. Coca-Cola. One can of. 
Now, See, I don't remember that wager. You don't remember that wager? I don't. Oh, come on. It's the shimming episode where Smithers bets, bets him that the family was going to be dead when they came back to check on him. Oh, that was the Treehouse of Horror. That's correct. I uh, gotcha. All right. And some miscellaneous stuff. Um, Denture collection includes fangs. Yep. Which we all know. Uh, once tried to court Marge. Yep. And he once tried to marry Marge's mother. Yep. So I feel like he has a thing for blue-haired women. Probably. I mean, Next everybody thing. has their type. Yeah. So. so so that's Mr. Burns for our character profile. And some say so, he some some say he would be uh also evil. Yes. He is evil. Yeah. Pure evil. All right, guys. So <laughs> that is episode three of The Simpsons Did It. Uh Homer's Odyssey. Um you can find us on Facebook, The Simpsons Did It, on Instagram, The Simpsons Did It Pod. You can listen to all our episodes. Um this one, past and future episodes on Apple, uh, Google Play, uh, Anchor, Spotify, and many other places where uh, podcasts are heard. So go check those out. And until next time, I'm your host, Steven Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And The Simpsons Did It. Shh.